أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله بأي الله تعالى فضل we reach this مبارك 20th night of Ramadan uh, with uh, which the uh, second ashara uh, is coming to a close. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us barakah in those few moments of it that are left and uh, make us from amongst those who are uh, the utaqa, uh, those who are freed from the hellfire in this um, uh, Mubarak remaining uh, 10 nights uh, or 9 nights, uh, be it as it may, uh, that, that are left in Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who revere those moments that are left and take advantage of them and not make them, uh, you know, the, the royal gift and royal treasure that's wasted on, uh, on the undeserving and those who don't uh, value it. So we continue reading from Mulana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi's um, uh, Saviors of the Islamic Spirit with regards to Imam Abu Hamad al-Ghazali, his life and times and uh, the lessons that uh, he left behind for this ummah. Uh, and in particular, his critique of the yearning for honor, hubbul jah, leadership, and uh, you know esteem and prestige amongst people, which is a, a an extremely uh, an extremely uh, detrimental sickness. It is haram, just like eating pork is haram, and it is uh, the uh, the last uh, fault of the heart to leave the heart before a person uh, attains the maqam of wilaya and sidq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the maqam of sainthood and, 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 and truth in their faith with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And unfortunately, my experience in teaching Muslim kids in this country and really maybe uh, uh, in many other places in the world as well, um, shows me that uh, it is faded from the uh, consciousness of, uh, of complete classes of society that this is a bad thing, and this is a har- harmful thing. And generally, the, the mindset amongst many kids of a particular class is, I want to be rich so I can help the dean. I want to be, uh, uh, you know, I want to be a leader so I can help the dean, etc. And uh, uh, the syllogism is, is, is malconstructed, to say the least. Uh, if the love was for helping the dean, then if there is a way of doing it, uh, uh, you know, through other than prestige and wealth, uh, that's better than a person who would naturally choose that. Unfortunately, um, you know, Dean is used as a foil in order to hide just the love of wealth and love of, of fame and prestige and leadership uh, and, and uh, you know, things of that ilk. So I think it's, it's very appropriate, even through the centuries that we read what Ghazali has to say about this, rahimahullah ta'ala. Yearning for honor. Under the caption, why man has a natural longing for honor, or jah, and why it seldom leaves uh, even the heart of a, a penitent one, Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala writes in his Ihya. One must, know, one must know that exactly for the same reason which makes wealth dearer to a man, he inculcates the love of jah, of, of honor and prestige. Just as gold is liked more than silver, even if the two be of the same value, Jah claims precedence over riches. As you know, gold and silver have no attraction in themselves, for they can neither satisfy hunger, nor can they be worn. These are just as good as any other metal, but these have an allurement because they serve as the means of satisfying desires held dear by man. Similar is the case with Jah, 
which uh, means winning and dominating the hearts of others. However, despite the fact that jah and wealth equally share the fancy of man, the former claims precedence over the others for reasons more than one. There are three conspicuous reasons for it. The first of these is that jah can be a means for attaining riches, while the uh, 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 latter may not be helpful in commanding the respect of others. Anyone winning the hearts of others wins their services and their belongings too, as people are always desirous of making presentations to those, those whom they uh, love and revere. On the other hand, if an undistinguished plebeian somehow gets hold of a treasure, he cannot win the respect of others merely by getting rich. Jah is thus held dearer than wealth. Another obvious reason is that there, are always a, there is always a danger of losing wealth. It can be stolen or taken away forcibly. Kings and tyrants can confiscate it. It also needs to be guarded and kept in boxes and in strong rooms. But once a man wins the heart of a person, there is no longer uh, of uh, any danger of it being lost to thieves, robbers, or plunderers. It is uh, indeed the most well-guarded treasure. The treasure of the heart is immune from all of these uh, uh, from all of these uh, dangers. The third reason is uh, the third reason for holding jah dearer than wealth is that. It goes on increasing by itself without requiring any effort to be made for it. When people begin to venerate anyone on account of his knowledge or virtuous actions, they sing his praise thereby widening his circle of followers. It is thus only natural that everybody should hanker after fame and honor. When the fame spreads to other towns and lands, the number of admirers too increases with it. Uh, as against this, wealth does not increase by itself. Uh, these are manifest. Uh, these are the manifest reasons for giving preference to jah over wealth. One can also find many other reasons for it. Now it can be argued that if what I, I have explained here is correct, a man should like to have riches or jah only to the extent of fulfilling his desires or meeting his wants, uh, for he holds these dears only for uh, achieving these ends. But the fact is that the covetousness that man of no, of the, but the fact is that the covetousness of man knows no bounds, and he goes on accumulating possessions and riches till the limits of his needs are left far behind, and he presents the spectacle of one alluded to in the tradition, meaning the hadith, uh, which says, if man has two valleys filled with gold, he would only long for a third. Similarly, a man uh, is always anxious that his jah should go on increasing until his fame reaches far off lands, although he knows that he would never step into those countries or ever meet their inhabitants. The answer to the question posed earlier is that in truth and reality, the love of Jah produces an intoxication which can hardly be eradicated. There are two reasons for this. One of these is manifest and can be conceived by everyone, but the other is uh, related to a peculiar trait of the human self, which is so subtle and latent that it would be difficult even for the most intelligent to fully grasp it. It can only be understood by those who are endowed by the brilliance of mind and have a deep insight into the psychological nature of man. The first of these two causes is that man always feels an innate uneasiness on account of the fears and doubts in regard to that which he holds dear and accordingly wants to ward off all dangers real or imaginary from it. As a poet has said, to fall in love is to fall in a thousand anxieties. Ain't that the truth? Man is never satisfied uh, uh, no matter what provisions uh, he has made uh, to meet his necessities. The doubt that he might lose his possessions later on always assails his heart. 
and this makes him sad and anxious. This anxiety can be removed only in case he gets something which can be a substitute for the possessions which he fears to lose. Again, on account of his self-love and eagerness for a long life, he overestimates his necessities for the future and wants adequate resources to counterbalance the imaginary perils uh, uh, to his means. He is always worried about the supposed hazards which might make him lose his resources. The only effective remedy he can think of against these risks is to have so much estate and effects that if somehow he loses a part of it, he may be able to manage easily with the remaining assets left to him. The doubt and fear in regards to uh, future security never allow him to be content with his existent belongings, and he yields uh, to the desire of possessing uh, the fortunes of the entire world. The Prophet of Islam وسلم, has very rightly said uh, that the longing for two things, knowledge and wealth, is never satisfied. The desire for jah or winning the hearts of men is also insatiable precisely for the same reason. Another reason, and a more cogent one than the first, is the spirit, is that the spirit is commanded by Allah. Uh, the Quran says, They will ask you concerning the spirit. Yes, uh, Say that the spirit is by the command of my Lord. The command or the amr uh, by, uh, by, by which is meant, uh, uh, the amr of the Lord which is uh, uh, meant here, means that it is a secret which can be experienced by the illuminated masters through beatific visions, but cannot be divulged. Meaning it's ma'rifah. That's the difference between ilm and ma'rifah is that uh, both uh, have a meaning of fahm that the, the, the person who possesses it understands it. However, ilm is something that somebody not only understands, but they can explain uh, in, in detail and, and properly, completely um, and teach to another. Whereas ma'rifah is something that can be understood, but it cannot be explained. Uh, the command uh, uh, by uh, the Lord means that it is a secret which can be experienced only by the illuminated masters through, uh, uh, through beatific visions but cannot be divulged. Uh, the Prophet of Islam too did not disclose uh, the reality of the ruh, but uh, without going into its reality, one can find out that the heart of man has fourfold uh, predispositions. The first of these is a beastly uh, predisposition inclining toward eating, drinking, sexual intercourse, etc. The second pertains to what may be called a ferocious leaning toward killing, injury, and hurting others. The third element uh, of the human nature is devilish, having a predisposition toward deceit and fraud. Uh, along with these propensities, there is another one relating to the divine nature of man, which seeks expression in the divine attributes like beneficence, dignity, grandeur, respect, and glory. Glory. The heart of man has numerous similar predispositions which cannot be gone into any detail here. Uh, but as stated, one of the important inclinations of the heart owing to the spirit being a command by the Lord pertains to the quality of perfection. And uh, what is this perfection? It consists of being unrivaled in perfection and owning an existence not dependent on any other for anything. Man is thus naturally inclined toward perfection since it is a divine quality, a quality which does not admit uh, any rival or peer, uh, for that would really constitute a defect in perfection. The perfection of the sun lies in the fact that it is the only sun. Likewise, the perfection of a being uh, uh, is enjoyed by uh, God Almighty alone. Here, being uh, being spelled with a capital B, is enjoyed by uh, God Almighty alone, for there is no perfect being beside him. And both being and him here being capitalized. 
Whatever exists besides him is simply his creation and cannot exist on its own. Thus, in very truth, nothing exists without God, for sharing any equality with him presupposes an equality which is a defect for the unrivaled perfection of God Almighty. Just as the sun illuminates uh, everything in this world without losing its perfection, God also bestows existence to everything. It is on him that the existence of everything depends in this universe. Unrivaled perfection is thus a divine attribute which, uh, to which man has a natural predisposition. Some of the mystics, yani the Sufis, have observed that in the recesses of his heart, every man nourishes the same feeling which is... Uh, found in the expression of Fir'aun when he said, ala, I am your Lord Most High. Uh, it is because of this reason that man finds it more pleasing to become an object of homage and reverence than to become himself a devotee or worshipper. This is a natural human instinct which is alluded to in the divine revelation which says, uh, the spirit is uh, by the command of my Lord which is a very deep and subtle point. Man cannot, however, attain absolute or unrivaled perfection, but his desire for it persists because he derives a sort of satisfaction from it. Absolute perfection is the end and not the means of achieving anything else. The fact is that every man adores his self as well as its absolute perfection. He shudders at the idea of death simply because he sees the annihilation of his self and its perfection in his death. Absolute perfection on one hand demands complete independence from everything for its existence and on the other hand dependence of every other existence on it. If, however, uh, that be not possible, the next best course desired is to dominate others. Man desiring complete perfection has thus a natural inclination toward predominance over others. Domination over others is gratifying to the self and a means of achieving perfection. It consists of his capacity to be effective and the ability to make uh, others change their will. Accordingly, man wants to dominate over every other being, but the latter consists of objects, some of which do not admit of any change in accordance with the human will. As for instance, the supreme being and his attributes. There is another category of objects which undergoes change, but not in conformity with the human desire, and these are the heavens, the planets, the angels, the jinns, the devils, mountains, oceans, and the like. Objects falling in a third category, such as land, its elements, minerals, plants, animals, and also the hearts of men, are liable to change under the influence of human will. Now, the objects of the first two categories being outside the scope of human influence, man endeavors to acquire knowledge of these objects, for acquiring the knowledge of anything is also a mean of, means of gaining dom domination over it. Uh, you see the keenness of some people to have an insight into the reality of the nature and attributes of God, angels, heavens, planets, stars, oceans, and their wonders. This is also a way of acquiring some domination over these. You would have seen that if a man cannot himself manufacture something that catches his fascination, he wants at least to know how it had been made because this gives him some satisfaction. A man who cannot himself invent a game like chess or any other device at least wants to know how it's played or used uh, or how it was invented. He finds his ignorance vexatious and the knowledge uh, enchanting since he wants to make up uh, for some of his own deficiency through the knowledge. And this is deep because, you know, uh, just getting to this uh, station itself of, of knowing that knowledge gives you power over things and wanting knowledge already puts you spiritually, I would say, like, uh, you know, amongst the, the, the high levels of bogusness that we live, uh, you know, with and the high levels of ignorance that we live in. I mean, just being at this stage where you understand where that knowledge gives you power over something, 
uh, itself already puts you in like the spiritual 90th percentile, uh, um, you know, where a lot of people just prefer ignorance over knowledge and uh, their, you know, bestial qualities uh, basically reign over them. And they use the machinery of the intellect in order to serve them and really nothing else. Uh, so that's, I guess, kind of the problem is that people, you know, people may have made a fair amount of spiritual progress when compared to other people, but it's still a little bit, uh, you know, it's still coming up short. Allah Ta'ala help us and give us uh, help against our uh, subtle defects uh, that hold us back from, from uh, realization and from attainment uh, with him. Of the earthly things over which man desires, predominance in order to utilize them according to his wishes, there are two subdivisions. Firstly, those pertaining to the body, and secondly, those pertaining to the spirit. The first comprises possessions and belongings, wealth and resources on which man wants complete domination. He wants complete authority to use these in whatever uh, manner he desires because authority is necessary for perfection. Dominance is one of the attributes of God reflecting his quality of overlordship, paternalism, etc., Man has a natural inclination to hold these dear to his heart no matter whether he ever needs them for meeting his personal requirements or not. Similarly, man also wants to have slaves uh, who would uh, be under his domination or to force even free people to accept his predominance so that he may command their homage and services. It is not necessary that he should always win over their hearts because domination by force is more often as much effective in winning uh, over the heart of a man. It is therefore natural that a man sometimes desires to attain predominance through brute force because it expresses his authority over others, an attribute of perfection to which man is uh, predisposed. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, part of it is like dominant, you know, dominance over other people physically, you know, has to do with dominance over their body. I think part of this, the subtlety of modernity is the kind of weird preoccupation people have with like my body, my choice, which is like, I guess it's okay. Like, I don't want to go into your house and like make you eat Cheetos if you want to have Cocoa Puffs or whatever. Like, that's not really what I'm, what I'm trying to talk about. But this idea that you do to yourself whatever you want and you don't owe any uh, responsibility to Allah, much less to anybody else. Um, this is like a, a really weird, uh, tightly held aqidah of, of, of modernism um, that I think is kind of in this vein as well. Uh, because they just don't want to accept that Allah has... Uh, any uh, any dominance over themselves perhaps because of this uh, same quality of wanting to be uh, God oneself. It is not necessary that he should always win over their hearts because domination by force is more often as much effective as winning uh, over the heart of a man. It is therefore natural that man sometimes desires to attain predominance through brute force because it expresses his authority over others an attribution uh, an attribute of perfection to which man is predisposed. The most precious of all earthly possessions then following under the second category is the domination and winning over the hearts of men. The perfection of domination lies in the authority exercised by man over the hearts of others who are ever willing to comply with his bidding. The hearts of men can be best dominated by creating love and reverence which is born out of a conviction about the perfection of qualities in the person adored. For perfection of qualities is a divine attribute to which man has an inherent inclination. The heart of man therefore desires to attain perfection either through knowledge or authority, riches and jah, 
being the two potent means of acquiring authority are cherished by the heart of man. And since knowledge and authority are limitless, man endeavors to gain knowledge of everything and command authority over every existence. As the Prophet ﷺ has alluded to the dissatisfaction of the, le- dissatisfaction of the learned and wealthy, the desire for man's uh, for man uh, the desire of man for domination over things beyond his authority goes on ever increasing. So this is a really uh, uh, really important uh, uh, chapter. Uh, um, because it has to do with so much of the sickness that is really, I think, uh, uh, not only the same as uh, uh, in this age as it was in that age, but uh, maybe it's actually intensified uh, and it's been enshrined into the the kind of public aqidah that uh, you know the nation state is built on and that modernism is is built on and the modernism is like the basic aqidah just like you know the sunni aqidah is the platform on which the four madhabs of fiqh run you know communism and capitalism and all these other kind of modern isms that uh, all these nations run on i think the common aqidah that they all uh, the pl- common fl- platform that they all operate on is modernism and modernism has to do with a, a, a very allergic <clears throat> a, a very allergic and very irritated rejection of the authority of anybody else uh, over a human being, uh, thinking authority to be in and of itself somehow some kind of a uh, uh, you know uh, at normal a uh, you know a perversion and at best a, a necessary evil. Uh, whereas authority doesn't necessarily need to be evil. If authority is evil in all cases, whether it's necessary or unnecessary, then uh, naturally the greatest uh, source of evil in the universe should be Allah because His authority is absolute. Uh, Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, protect us from ever harboring uh, such a, a sentiment inside of our hearts uh, openly or secretly. But uh, this thing that Imam Ghazali just mentioned, I mean, it is, it's, it's horrible. It, you know, the person who accumulates wealth and leadership for the sake of helping the ummah um, if the reason that they're doing it subtly inside the heart is because of their wish to dominate others and thereby assert their perfection and, and godlike attributes then uh, you know I'll leave it to you to decide whether or not the ummah is ever going to benefit from such a person uh, or whether a person is going to be more like Fir'aun and propagate Pharaonic type uh, Pharaonic type uh, effects uh, in the in the ummah and in the creation uh, even if uh, done by uh, you know by means of the civilization of Islam, and we have people like this in the Muslim world, we have rulers and leaders like this. A number of them relatively recently uh, uh, met very uh, unfortuitous ends in front of the eyes of people, and still they don't learn their lessons. They still don't learn their lessons. Still, there's still a bunch of jackals and hyenas in line after them in order to take their place. And lest we, as a minority in the United States, uh, uh, you know, point fingers at the Muslim world, we have like little mini versions of these people in, in many of our organizations. And uh, Allah protect us all, man. Allah protect us all. That uh, even even within the, the ranks of the people studying knowledge, none of us are immune. I'm not immune and you're not immune. None of us are immune. Right? The man khafa adlaja wa man adlaja balagh al-manzil. The person who is afraid will leave early. Meaning they'll make pre- pre- preparations for uh, for failure. You know, the, to try to prevent failure. And the person who doesn't fear, that person will make no preparations, and they won't reach their uh, they won't reach their destination in time. Uh, and so none of us are immune to this. And a person has to constantly check their intentions. Am I learning this? You know, in order to assert my perfection and have a a, a just like a, a smug feeling inside of my heart, 
uh, about about my control over something because I know about it, um, and then my control over others because I know more than they do, uh, or are they actually uh, doing it as a, a matter of service? And the proof is in the pudding. You know, are you able to say I don't know when you don't know? Are you able to yield to somebody else's authority when uh, they know more than you, or they're in a position that they that uh, uh, they can help the ummah better than you, or even if they know the exact same amount as you or a similar amount as you, or even if they know a little bit less than you, but they're able to get the job done through their authority so you can like yield and this is one of the reasons i think a lot of people who are kind of allergic to the soluf and it's uh, uh uh, it's terminology and somehow harbor this weird like misgiving in the back of their brain that shaitan put there or maybe because of like their uh, interactions with people who are legitimately bogus people they think that some part of it is bid'ah when the sufis talk about fana what are they talking about if the secret motivator for a person to get wealth in jah is what is uh, because they want to be like god you know they want to exert some sort of godlike existence in a, a perfect and complete or limited fashion uh, either way being uh, completely completely like unacceptable um, like like iblisian level unacceptable then necessarily for a person to take this path and to be able to benefit from their knowledge like Sayyidina Adam did rather than to have the knowledge be the means of their fall like Iblis um, you know they are necessarily going to have to reach the maqam of fana of annihilation uh, in front of Allah Ta'ala where they there's no ana left to say that I'm nothing you know there's no I left for me to say I'm nothing it's just silence you have no, uh, you have no opinion anymore in front of the Lord. You have no being in front of the Lord. You don't see yourself in front of the Lord anymore. Rather, there is a God, and uh, uh, His commandment uh, goes over the creation, and it goes over you uh, as well. And you just silently accept it and obey it. You know, uh, where uh, where the the you know where the uh, where the materialist. Uh, sees the, the 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 universe and has to be convinced of God that a person in fana in front of the Lord sees the Lord and has to be convinced of the material. Uh, you know you have to you have to get that get to that point if you want to ensure yourself um, that you're not going to you're not going to use your your money and you're not going to use your your knowledge uh, in an Iblisian sense to cause facade in the world. And what bigger facade is there uh, in the world than to try to set yourself up as a god uh, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, that have you seen the person who has turned their vain desires into their own God? Like what a what a what a horrible failure for a person. You know, what a complete horrible failure. It's better to just be a dimwit who uh, has no aspirations in life, um, but just it was told that there's one Allah who created everything and that you have to pray to him like five times a day and like not even go there not even try to pursue this greatness uh, with yourself and on the flip side if you look at the civilization that was built by uh, built by islam um, it's not like we're not like Europeans where we say uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely because there were people in the history of this ummah who wielded absolute power. The Prophet ﷺ wielded absolute power in a way that would be completely important to um, any modern sensibility. And uh, he died broke, you know. I mean, he died a servant. He died sleeping on a straw mat, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and like you know, sleeping on the floor. And uh, he was he was broke, you know. There were many people in Medina much more wealthy than him. He didn't ingratiate himself, nor did he ever eat from sadaqah. He made a, a zakat haram on his family until Yom al Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa taala protect them and keep them in dignity and honor and make means for them uh, um, uh, above that because of the abstention of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, he he sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He didn't ingratiate himself through his maqam. 
And then Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu ruled with absolute power thereafter. And the same thing, he died He died broke. They had to argue with him even to take a wage uh, from the Baytul Mal. And he himself imposed several times a decrease in his wage. You know, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, you know, the same thing. Uh, you know, he would he would make Qailula in the in the masjid and his side would be imprinted with the, with the mat. Uh, 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 and who liked the Prophet you know these are people that didn't use the money to ingratiate themselves rather they, they, they gave from what they have for the sake of Islam look at look at the Sayyidina Uthman Sayyidina Ali who look at Sayyidina uh, Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahimahullah wa ta'ala look at the you know look at even Sultan uh, 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 Sultan Alamgir rahimahullah wa ta'ala he used to uh, you know, he used to write the mushaf and knit caps. Um, there were so many. There were so many of the salatin in the history of Islam. They used to eat by the work of their own hands. They would not take. Um, they would not take uh, uh, money from the treasury in order to uh, in order to uh, survive. Rather, they used to eat from the work of their own hands. Why? Uh, so that they could have that type of abstention and they could uh, abstinence in themselves and be from those people who literally the, the knowledge Allah was endowing them with and the money Allah was endowing them with and the honor and the jahad that they were being endowed with wouldn't, wouldn't take them down the Iblisian route. Rather, uh, they could wield it uh, powerfully and forcefully um, in the islah and the rectification of a, of a broken world and putting back together a broken world and in uh, helping the creation of Allah Ta'ala who needs, who needs help, you know, who needs, you know, yastaghithun, uh, they're crying out for, for help. Um, the, the, the poor and the oppressed and the people who have no one to care for them are crying out for, for help and they need somebody to be there for them. And Allah in His mercy raised such slaves that, that, that purified themselves, that bathed in purity um, to the point where uh, when they were vested with knowledge and when they were vested with power, when they were vested with wealth, they wielded it. Um, they wielded it effectively and they wielded it for the good of, of, of the creation um, and in the in the process, they had to stamp out they had to stamp out the the share of the nafs. And look, uh, you know, if you want to help the ummah and you want to be a leader in order to help the ummah or whatever, if you can't stamp that nafs out, you're I promise you, you're going to cause more facade than you're going to cause help. If you can't stamp that nafs out, if you're not genuinely happy that somebody else is giving the khutbah. Um, that's more knowledgeable than you, then when you give the khutbah, your khutbah will increase the amount of fasad and mischief in the earth uh, 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 rather than islah, than rectification. If you're not happy that somebody else uh, you know, is president or somebody else is leader that can do a better job than you, um, then you're, you're, uh, you're more of an Iblis and a Fir'aun to that organization than you are a Musa or a, a Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam or alayhi salatu wasalam. And that's hard, man. That's hard. Actually, Mufti Rashid Ahmed Ludhianwi, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala, the Grand Khalifa of Hazrat Tanwi and the previous Mufti of the Republic and uh, a teacher of Mufti Taqi and great, just uh, just great man. Um, it was, you know, it was something he used to say that our Asatiza would repeat to us that the sign of the sincerity of a Mulwi, and Mulawi meaning what? A man of the Lord. Uh, literally, but in the cultural context, meaning the sign of the sincerity of a person who holds the ijazat of the ulama and does the work of the ulama and the qawm, whether or not they actually have enough ilm to deserve it. The sign of sincerity in a mulwi is what? Is that when he sees another mulwi doing the same work that he's doing better than him, instead of making him anxious or upset uh, or, or tense, it makes him happy. 
And if you can't get to that point, you know, uh, 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 then, you know, it may be time to sit in the khanqah, you know, and shut the lights off and, uh, uh, you know, uh, go hungry for a while and do a little Allah Allah until, until that, uh, that darkness from inside the heart uh, is evacuated. And uh, there's no shame. I mean, if it's there, every one of us has it. I mean, we're all created with it. We're the, with, with, with the capacity toward it. We're not prophets that the, you know, the angels took our hearts out and like, you know, washed, a, washed the black spot out in a, uh, you know, in a golden basin with like the water of Zamzam or something like that. All of us have some, some share of it. And, uh, you know, there's no shame in, 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 in beholding it. If you see it, it's there, um, everyone has it. You know, the shame is in what? In leaving it there and in going on accumulating the means of greatness while you know that that's, that that darkness inside your heart is going to divert it toward harm. That's shameful. If at any point along the process, a person sees that darkness inside of their heart and says, you know what? I don't want to go down the path of Iblis. I don't want to go down the path of Qarun. I don't want to go down the path of, uh, of Bal'am. I don't want to go down the path of, uh, you know, every fake sellout, uh, uh, self-interested uh, uh, leader and self-interested, uh, uh, you know, scholar for dollar uh, s uh, type person, um, then Alhamdulillah, mashallah, you know, go find find a, a quiet corner, right? That's what the word zawiyah means anyway. Go find a khanqah, go find a quiet corner, go find a zawiyah, a teke and a dargah somewhere and, uh, you know, sit with the Ahlullah and say you're Allah, Allah, you know? And I feel bad that we don't have institutions like that in America and we need them. Uh, right now, the masajid are barely being supported. The masajid are locked. That's a whole other discussion that I don't want to have right now. But uh, uh, the point is, is just, just sit down, sit down in the corner and uh, sit with Ahlullah and, you know, take the divine name uh, for some days at a time in hunger and in silence and in uh, 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 darkness. Uh, uh, so that the, the light of that, uh, of that dhikr and that remembrance and that tarbiyah will cast and push this darkness away because we don't need you to tap out and quit and be like oh look you know i'm insincere so i'm gonna just i'm, I'm out you know i'm gonna i'm gonna tap out i'm gonna quit i'm gonna bail out i'm gonna hit the eject button and uh, i can still you know go and make some money for myself and be a dunyawi person it's better than like you know uh, using the dean uh, uh, abusing the dean for my own gratification which is true but the the the, the thing to do is not to tap out the thing to do is what is to uh, shore up your defenses to fix yourself what's wrong and get right back into the get right back into the battle get right back into the thick of things and keep doing the work um, this is why you know people find it very strange hazrat maulana ilyas rahimahullah ta'ala uh, don't ever make the mistake of looking at the tablis in your in your masjid and thinking of maulana ilyas he was a great wali of allah I mean, inshallah the tablis in your neighborhood are but they also might not be uh, sometimes they're not oftentimes they're not right maulana ilyas was a sufi of the first rate and he was a uh, he was a scholar of the first rate and uh, he used to go out uh, on tabligh. People go on tabligh nowadays because, you know, it's a very spiritual experience. And it is a very spiritual experience, especially for someone who, uh, you know, spends their, their week uh, uh, not engaged with the deen, right? Mulan Elias, by mixing with the common people, he used to feel, um, he used to feel a, a, a type of rust on his heart. So he would go on tabligh for three days, and then when he would come back, he would sit in the masjid or in the khanqah for three days, either in the masjid in i'tikaf or in the khanqah with uh, um, uh, one of the Raipuri Hazrat. Uh, 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 why? Uh, so as to take the rust of interacting with people who are not focused on the attention of, of the remembrance of Allah off of his heart. 
Meaning what? It's an ongoing process. You got to keep that process ongoing and updating. You can't just be like, oh, I did something in the past and I had some experience because of which now I've turned some part of the deen into my identity. Tariqa so-and-so iya or so-and-so madhab or so-and-so kalam or so-and-so ijaza or so-and-so masjid or so-and-so position and khalas, I'm done. You got to keep your, you got to keep that, that, that water flowing, you know, over your heart. Uh, so that the, the, the junk doesn't accumulate on it. Otherwise, uh, at any time, the darkness of the love of, um, of, 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 of this pharaonic and iblisic love of, of power and of honor uh, uh, and of the perfection that is only and solely the, 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 the right uh, uh, of the Lord Jalla Ala, um, that if it ever comes into the heart, uh, you know, God help us all, a person is going to go down and they're going to take a whole bunch of people down with them in the dunya and possibly in the akhirah as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us in these Mubarak days uh, 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 the happy decision uh, from, his, uh, uh, from his omnipotence that we not be from such people and that he provide us the means uh, that we can take in order to clean ourselves uh, uh, from from the filth of uh, of this uh, subtle desire that lurks and hides inside of the dark recesses of the heart, Allah Taala fill every one of those recesses and flood the, flood it flood every one of them with light, uh, so that uh, uh, this uh, sickness has no place to hide and is uh, completely disinfected and uh, that the 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 fana uh, uh, completely uh, c- completely completely floods the heart until a person uh, is nothing in front of Allah Taala and thereby uh, from the barakah of man tawadha alillahi rafa'ahullah the one who humbles themselves for the sake of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala will increase them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us high ranks in accordance to uh, our love of him wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in